Welcome back to another episode of the Jordan Syatt Mini Podcast. I'm going to keep this intro very brief. If you ever wonder if you're ever actually going to achieve your goals, if you ever think, will I ever really be able to make this happen? Is the person who has those before and after pictures ever going to be me? Will I ever achieve what I want to achieve? Will I ever be happy with my body? Will I ever be excited with how I look and feel? This is for you. You need to listen to this episode because Renee from the Inner Circle did exactly that. She wondered that. She overcame that. She is that person. She overcame it. She's done it. Her story is unbelievable, and she did a tremendous job of articulating it. I know I said I was going to keep this brief, but apparently I just can't keep anything brief. So I hope you enjoy the episode, and I'll talk to you soon. Renee, how are you? (laughs) I'm good. How are you, Jordan? I'm fantastic. Thank you so much for getting on the phone with me. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Well, so listen, I, I, have, you, have you heard my podcast before? Yes. Okay, awesome. So as you know, I'd say more often than not, wh- when I get on the phone with Inner Circle members, it tends to be more um, like Q&A based and sort of trying to figure out a problem. Now, if you have any questions, I, I'm going to leave that open like near the end of when we're talking. But the reason okay. I really I wanted to get on the phone with you is because I think there's, there's obviously something to learn for people when they when they hear uh, like problems solved step by step but i think there's also a lot to be learned from hearing how other people have succeeded and your progress has for lack of a better phrase blown me the fuck away you are <laughs> like it's unbelievable so i don't want to give anything away i if if you're all right with it i would love for you to sort of introduce yourself and and give some background on who you are and where you're from and maybe things you've struggled with along your fitness journey and, and how far you've come in, in recent months and, and how that's happened. Just give like the whole story because I really think people, a lot of times people will think that it's just never going to happen for them. It might not be being the cards for them. And then what, like watching someone like you just come through and crush it beyond belief. It's, it's, it's incredible. And I would love for you to just share your story. Oh, wow. Oh, thanks a lot. And um, I'm honored that you, asked me to be on your podcast. So um, let's see. I, I live in Wisconsin. So I was born a cheesehead and <laughs> <laughs> Packer fan, all that good stuff. Um, I grew up um, in a pretty conservative traditional home and played sports. I went to college in Iowa and um, played softball there, majored in social work. So I was a social worker um, moved back to Wisconsin after I had, um, I went through a divorce and had a, a baby. And um, I guess I always struggled. I always felt that I was a little bit heavier than than everyone else my age. And I was a little bit taller probably growing up. Um, my mom always thought I was, I was just big boned or I was husky. Um, and I wasn't probably overweight, but I just always was very self-conscious of probably being a little bigger than all the other girls my age. Um, when uh, when I had, after I had, I got remarried and we have four children. And after my last child was born, my neighbor and I decided to go to Weight Watchers together. So we started that. And what I really liked about that program was they said I could eat anything I wanted to. If I wanted a Snicker bar for lunch, have a Snicker bar, but that's all you're going to get then because that's going to use up all your points, you know, that kind of mentality. And I liked that. And that worked pretty well for me. Um, and, and we walked, my neighbor and I walked probably four or five miles a day. And, and that wow, really that's a, no joke. Yeah, yeah, I know. And she's like 30 years older than me. So I was always struggling to keep up with her because she's amazing. <laughs> I love that. But, uh, <laughs> and um, that just, it kind of, it kind of wore out, I guess I got I don't know, I kind of stopped doing it and the weight kind of crept back on. Um, we, we have a child that's disabled. Our third child, uh, Joe, is 20 years old now. But when he was born, we were told he wouldn't live more than two years. So I think I, my life kind of went on hold. I'm kind of backing up a little bit, but um, everything kind of went on hold to kind of see him through that time, I guess. And 
he actually stayed really healthy. And then we had a child after him. And so I was just super busy and everything got put on the back burner. Um, you know, I'd go for walks in that when I could, but um, basically a lot of the first 10 years of his life was just keeping him healthy. I was, he was hospitalized a lot and I was in the hospital with him and um, raising kids and just kind of that whole routine kind of forgot about myself in the process of that. Um, stopped playing softball, stopped kind of a lot of activities that I had always loved, but always wanted to get back into that and um, wanted to always get to that point where I was happy with my body and I never could get there. And I was always, well, I'm a mom and I guess that's how it's always going to be. And I'm you know, should be happy where I'm at. I'm not, and wasn't real heavy, but I wasn't happy with myself either. Um, I think the next thing I probably did was um, my husband about seven years ago through his work, they had a, they had a trainer come in and we'd meet with him once a month. And he was the first person who told me to eat my weight and protein and kind of got me on the, on track with that. And I would once a month go up to my husband's work and go on a Tanita scale and it would tell me my body fat. And then I would meet with him for about 10 minutes and I was just starving for more information and it wasn't enough. And I did that for probably, oh, geez, probably six months maybe. And I got pretty lean, but I really didn't learn um, about eating. And I was still, I would, I would starve myself and then binge eat and then, get back on track and then a couple weeks later just binge again and you know just always frustrated with that but I started doing some workout videos at home because um, I stay at home mom I quit my job as a social worker and um, raising kids and that but um, started doing like Jillian Michaels videos and I really liked those and was a little bit of lifting although I think my heaviest dumbbell was probably eight pounds at that time. So it was a lot of cardio and I never liked cardio. I, I hate running and <laughs> I, I hate any kind of aerobics. I'm totally uncoordinated at, I mean, give me a basketball or a softball and I'm, I, I'll kill it. But anything that involves coordination with like music or anything, step, step aerobic, you know, anything like that. I, I don't know. I can't do it. So Richard, so, Richard Simmons probably wasn't like your favorite <laughs> go-to workout. no, no. So, but I enjoyed the Jillian Michaels DVDs. And then shortly after that, um, I got involved with Beachbody and I started doing some of those videos and that kind of changed my eating. And I did have a, a coach who was a kind of friend, uh, an aunt of my son, my son-in-law's aunt. So she lived in Florida, she lives in Florida and she got me involved with that. And I started doing some of those videos and, but it was still a lot of just you know sweating it out with cardio and then the eating was very restrictive for me and I lost a lot of weight again but the eating I still was going back to the binging and I just couldn't I couldn't live like that I just um was just a vicious cycle for me what was the eating like on Beachbody well I had the containers where you could have like it's yellow green purple red orange and I could have like two yellow a day or one or two yellow something like that and then that would be like uh, the fats the almonds or peanut butter and it was you know probably a tablespoon or something and then it was like another color was I could have one carb or a starch or you know tons of veggies that was a green one I could fill that up seven times and you know it was like I just for me it was I'd fill my little container, dump it out on a plate, and I'd be, I'd think, okay, this is, this is all I can eat till tomorrow. <laughs> and I'd just be, oh, crap, I'm going to starve. So I did that for, I think, about eight months. And some of the pictures that I put on the inner circle, that was the beginning. I remember saying to my husband, I really, I, I need to do this. I need to find what you know find the way that works for me and maybe this is it so he took some before pictures and I was just miserable and I can just see it in my eyes when I look in those pictures I was so miserable and then I lost I lost a lot of weight again but I never built any muscle and I always wanted to build muscle I I knew I had it in there because I've always been strong I threw discus in track in high school oh wow that's amazing yeah, I still hold the school record for that. So I knew, I mean, I have always had a lot of strength, but 
I could never build any muscle. I could never see it. And um, I found a lifting program through Beachbody, bought that, and I loved it. But the thing was, they didn't teach me how to lift. They didn't ever say anything about pack your shoulders back, you know, brace your lats, brace your abs, squeeze your glutes, nothing, you know. So I was doing this, and, and I loved it, but it was the same video same workout over and over and over and I was like after well, six months of that I'm like oh my gosh I'm going crazy I gotta have something else um my my daughter was getting married that fall and I was like I want to wear a sleeveless dress I want to have some I want to have defined arms well I did not I had big arms but they were not defined you know so it was like I just couldn't I, I never knew the right I never knew the right things to do for lifting um I got frustrated with that. So um kind of dropped that off. Then I I went into um I was gonna tell you something else about that lifting, but I can't think of it now. But um I then probably the next thing that I did was I, I went to a doctor because I thought, okay, I'm getting closer to fifty now than I am to forty. So now now I'm going to start worrying about, I'm never going to be able to get this weight off. I'm never going to look the way I really want to look. So um, she put me on hormone replacement therapy, which I'm pretty convinced now that I didn't need. And <laughs> just a lot of different, just, I don't know, weird stuff. And that didn't do anything, you know, for the weight, of course, either. So um, that was actually last, uh, I know what I was going to say with the beach body videos, I actually hurt my shoulder a little bit and I started going to a chiropractor. He told me to stop exercising altogether. Stop doing Jesus. whatever you're doing. Just stop it. Just don't do anything. So don't move. Months, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's a problem. Cause my son weighs about a hundred pounds and I lift him in and out of his wheelchair several times a day. So I would, I could do that, but we also have a lift. So I started using that a little bit more and my shoulder got worse and it got so tight that to the point last year at this time, I could not pull a gallon of milk out of the refrigerator. With Holy shit. Yeah, it was bad. So, so I went to an orthopedic surgeon. Um, he sent me to a physical therapist and she just said, you have a really tight capsule in there and we're, we're going to loosen it up. And she's like, what are, you, what are you doing for exercise? I said, nothing. Four months. I haven't done anything. Okay, well, let's get going. Let's start moving the shoulder around. And then eventually she, she did some dry needling and that really took care of it. And she also enjoys weightlifting. And so we became really good friends. And she took me to um, a local gym and showed me some some lifts and that I couldn't do a back squat or anything yet because I couldn't get my arm back there but she wrote a program for me and I really enjoyed that um, but she's too busy to you know to do that kind of full time with me so that's when I started looking into hiring an online coach after the whole hormone doctor and um, I had a coach kind of lined up from the west coast and I actually Susan was in um another Facebook page that I was on and I looked on her website and I thought, well, I'll email her and see what kind of compare prices and see if there's any difference because I had no idea. So um, she replied right away and said, Hey, why don't we hop on the phone and just chat? So we did that. And um, we kind of found out we had kind of a lot of things in common. And she said, Hey, I think we'd work really well together. Should we give it a shot? So I said, sure. And then I got off the phone and I was like, oh, crap, what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I think it was about three weeks. And um, by the time I did all the paperwork and got everything going and took the pictures and um, got the programs, started lifting in my basement. By this time, I had bought quite a few dumbbells, probably up to about 40 pounds, I think, through the Beachbody lifting program and um, just started doing the the workouts I liked them but she wanted me to video them and send them to her and I was like yeah I'm not doing that (laughs) (laughs) why is that it's weird that's that was way out of my comfort zone there was no way I would want to do you know video myself and then not only watch myself doing lifts that I didn't know what I was doing but then send them to someone else and have her critique them that was just like 
above and beyond. No, I, I'm not doing that. But then after like three weeks, three or four, I don't even know how long it was. Um, I did send her a couple of videos and, you know, she was very kind and encouraging and, you know, let's looks really good, look really strong. There's a lot more gas in your tank. I just can see where this is going. And that really encouraged me. And I got really excited when she said that, because that's what I knew. I knew I had a lot of strength, but I just didn't know how, what I was doing. So ever since then, I just kind of really just killed the workouts. And that is my favorite part. I love it. I love, I love lifting. I've everything in my basement. Now we used to have like a bed down there for a respite nurse for, for our son when we'd travel and that's all gone now. It's all weightlifting stuff. It's a, <laughs> I have a power rack or a power rack down there and chin up with a chin up bar at the top and bun- just a bunch of weights and a bunch of bands and all kinds of good stuff. So it, it sounds like, and correct me if, if I'm wrong, when you were lifting before, you knew you had more strength in you, but you weren't a hundred percent sure if you should increase weight, if you're doing it right. And hearing it from Susan, the amazing coach that she is, you're like, Hey, like you could, you could lift more. It sort of gave you enough confidence to be like, all right, like I can do this. And then that's what caused you to start lifting heavier. And then that's what sort of helped you fall in love with the process. Definitely. Yep. Yep. When she would, when she would watch my videos and say, okay, that looks really good you just just do this just change this little bit oh, okay you know okay oh yeah it looks good okay I can do this so you know I change a little bit and then I send her another video and pretty soon I was videoing everything and I'm, <laughs> and, I, and I'm watching them so now that's what I do I video everything I have uh, velcro on the back of my phone and I have velcro all over my basement so whatever I'm wherever I'm lifting or whatever I'm doing I just prop my phone up on the velcro and hit hit record so that way then I watch my my lifts now and then I compare them to Susan's or yours your videos and then I can starting to see you know I can see some things but a lot of times but I still send her a ton of videos and she will look at them and sometimes when I'm really pretty confident that I'm doing it correctly she'll say no no you're you gotta change this (laughs) it's like dang that's why that's why I have to keep doing this because I I don't know. <laughs> it, it's a constant learning process. Yeah. And, and, yeah. I mean, that's the fun part about this. It, I mean, I'm, I've been doing this for, for like what, 15 years now. I got my first personal training job at 14 and, and I still get form checks from people who are better than me in different disciplines and, and strength training and, and extra. I mean, I have my own boxing coach, right? It's like, yeah, it, it's never ending. And yeah. I, and I want you to keep going because this is really an incredible story, but I, I just want to interject quickly and say, isn't it amazing how the one thing that might scare us the most or be like the absolutely not no way am I going to send videos to a stranger could <laughs> it, it almost always ends up being the one thing that when you actually do it it changes your life like yeah thank, absolutely thank god you did because then it helped you it helped you get gain the confidence to lift more weight and get stronger and fall in love with the process and now it's like I'm going to film everything yeah. and and now I'm going to get better and better and better and stronger it's like that's it's yeah. so yeah. it's it's one of the reasons why Susan and I both talk about it in the inner circle and uh, I'm sure you and you and her talk about it and it's one of the messages that I really try and speak about a lot that the things that make you nervous and anxious and, and worried to try the things that push you outside your comfort zone those are the things that you need to keep doing and and it's a, pushing outside your comfort zone is a skill because the first time you do it second time you do it third time you do it, it it's it's not easy it's very scary because well, what's going to happen on the other side but the more you push outside your comfort zone the more you realize the end result even if it's the worst possible result isn't even that bad and right in best case scenario it's actually fucking amazing and it's like and so i wanted to interject and say that and you were the the prime example the pinnacle of that and, and i love it oh, thanks yeah when she when she told me that there's 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 a lot of gas in the tank there i can see it but let's back up a step and let's get the technique right and let's you know let's get the breathing right and that's stuff that i'm you know i'm well i'm still really new at everything but i'm really working on all of that and that's just fascinating to me and how that all works together I, I love it. I just, I can't get enough of it. So it's, it's awesome. Well, you and me both. I'm <laughs> and it never gets old. It's, it's yeah. always learning. So I love yeah. it. 
the the one thing that I really struggled with um, along the way has been the eating and the the whole mental part of that. And when I started with Susan, um, it was it was probably like mid June. I really didn't, even though I got into the lifting and the exercising part, I wasn't seeing any change on the in the scale. And I wasn't changing anything with my eating, and um, I really didn't want to. And I didn't. I really didn't want to do the work. I just wanted to. I just wanted to do the the lifting <laughs> and I wanted the weight to fall off. I wanted to continue to eat and drink the way I had been. And, and it's, and it was summer. And so there was a lot of, um, you know, sitting on the deck and having some cocktails or drinks, um, just a, a lot of that. And then Susan called, called me on it, called me up, let's chat. And, um, what's going on? The scale's not moving. And well, I had a lot of excuses. My mother-in-law had just passed away and we we're going up there a lot. And there's a lot of things to take care of. And it's, well, it's summer. And so we drink more in the summer. Um, I don't know. <laughs> you know. She's like, well, okay, let's, you know, let's try this. Let's try bright lines. Let's see. Let's see if we can, you know, set some, set some goals that way. So then that kind of started um, that process, um, the bright lines really helped me. And I would text her before we, we, um, go to Packer games, we have season tickets. So I would text her before we'd go up to the game and say, okay, whereas I had started out probably having, I could easily have six drinks in a day and cut it down to four. And then, um, got to the point where it's like, okay, let's push it a little bit more. I'm going to cut it down to two or three, you know? And, um, just set that bright line. And I knew that when I, because by that time I admired her already so much. And if I text her a bright line, I am not going to break it. So I would text her every time, you know, something would come up like that and just, just keep it. And it was like, okay, I can do this. And then I started seeing, that's when I really started seeing the results was when the eating got in line and the drinking really, really cut that back and started to understand kind of the whole process a lot better. What and was I, what was one of your major bright lines? Well, always it was mostly the drinking. It was always okay, so we have if we have friends over or something, I would typically have uh probably I could probably have six or seven drinks in a night if we were at home, you know. Um and I would so I would set it and, and say, what kind okay, of drinks is it? Usually um like a Bacardi Limon with Diet Coke. Got it. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so I would set it to, I set it, I eventually set it down to two and I kind of got that. There was, there was one instance where I just, I was really not wanting to do that. And we were having friends over that night and I knew I had to set a bright line and I kind of had to draw that line in the sand and say, okay, are you going to do this? Or are you going to keep paying a coach to write these programs for you, but you're only going to do half the work? Or are you going to get on board and do the whole, all of the work so that you can actually see results. So I was kind of pissed off about it. Didn't want to do it, but I was like, okay, I'll do it tonight. I'll see if I can do it. It probably won't have any fun at all, <laughs> but I'll do it because I told Susan I would do it. So I did. And i and I did it and it was awesome. And it was like, I, I did it once, just like when I stepped out and did the videoing of the, of the lifts, sent it to her. Now I did that. I did another step. I did a bright line. I kept it. I only had two drinks and I had a lot of fun and it was fine. And now I've learned that, you know, if we're making drinks at home. I don't have to have two shots of rum in my Diet Coke. I'll just have one shot. <laughs> and that exactly. way I can still have, and I can have two drinks and it's really actually only one drink of what I used to have. So, so that helps a lot. And now, for, for people who, who don't understand a bright line, I'm going to briefly yeah. just break it down. It, it's basically, it's a coaching strategy. Um, and the the background of it, I don't, I don't know if you know, and I'm, I'm sure you do, but the background of a bright line uh, stems from, we're, we're trying to increase something called self-efficacy. And self-efficacy is, it's similar to confidence, like your your, your self-confidence but it's slightly different and it's an important distinction self-efficacy is an individual's belief in themselves to accomplish a given task and the more someone believes that they can the more likely they are to succeed of course Hmm. um and this is shown time and time again in in research and uh there's actually probably the pioneer of the research behind self-efficacy the scientist's name is alfred bandura if you're interested really amazing amazing work 
And the best way that sort of I can describe how self-efficacy works is, is this. Let's say I told you that you, if you bought, if you bought a thousand lottery tickets today, you had a 97% chance of winning the lottery, then you'd probably go buy a thousand lottery tickets. <laughs> but if I told you that you had a 5% chance of winning the lottery, if you went and bought a thousand lottery tickets, you'd be like, okay, well, fuck that. I'm not going to go buy it. Cause it's like 5%, <laughs> like, you know, that's a lot of money for that 5% chance. And that is essentially the, the quintessence of self-efficacy. It's where if you believe that you are more likely to succeed, then you are more likely to do what you need to do and to sacrifice what you need to sacrifice in order to succeed. And the less you believe in that, the less likely you are to make those sacrifices and to do what you need to do. And essentially what, what you're outlining, the bright line that you made with Susan was instead of allowing yourself to drink as much as you wanted have six or seven drinks you're like i'm only going to allow myself to have two drinks period end of story there's no ifs ands or buts that is my law and it's it's some people might call that like very rigid and not okay because you shouldn't have strict rules in in life and whatever and it should be flexible dieting and the way that i view it and i know susan views it the same is that number one it is flexible it's not saying you can't drink it's saying drink like an adult who also has other goals and is finding a way to incorporate everything within incorporate drinking within your nutrition while also achieving your goals. So instead of saying no alcohol, you're like, you know what, I'll have two and I'll be fine. Yeah. And, and it's so funny because you outlined so perfectly. You were like, uh, I'm like, I was mad. I didn't think it was, it would work. I didn't think I'd have any fun. And I guarantee you there are people who will hear this. And I, and I know for, I, I've worked with many, many, many people over the years and the people who are most successful are the ones who, do exactly what you said you say you know what like i'm just gonna fucking do it like that's it like i'm yeah. just gonna fucking do it and like i'm gonna have to grit my teeth and get through this but you could i mean a lot of people love to make excuses and you said you you could have made them like you could have said like mm -hmm. you know it was summer and where it's like all it's easy to sit outside and have drinks and da 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 and like those i guarantee you so many people will hear this and like if they're if they're willing to be objective enough and look at their actions from an objective perspective and say, you know what, like I'm making bullshit excuses. Yeah, it was summer and like there's a lot of drinking, but I don't need to drink that much or every day. And I don't need to drink all the time to have fun. And right. just because it's the holiday season doesn't mean that I need to be overeating every single day leading up to the holidays. Doesn't mean that once the holidays are over, I have to be overeating on the leftovers. It's like you make a bright line. Yeah, You eat what you want on the holiday, and then once that's done, boom, no more, back on track. And you did such a great job of outlining, this is my bright line. These are the excuses I could make, but I'm just going to grip my fucking teeth and do it. <laughs> and that's why you've been so successful, because you've gritted your teeth and you've done it. And it's not easy and it's not always fun, right. but you've broken through that barrier in which, and here's where self-efficacy comes into play, which now that you did it, you were like, wow, I can do it. And yep. that success breeds more success. And so that action breeds success and success breeds motivation and motivation breeds more action. It's that cycle of action, mo action, success, motivation. You can't have success without action. And action is the stem, it stems, is the, is the root of everything. And most people aren't willing to take the action they need in order to have that initial success, which will then boost their motivation. Everyone wants the, the key to motivation and they yeah. don't realize that the key to motivation is actually action by doing it first and then having that initial success and then having that motivation. And you, you are the very, very small percentage of people who are willing to take the action even though it might not be fun it might not be exciting it might be uh it might be initially uh, obnoxious but on the other end i did it and i can yep. keep doing it and that it's just it's amazing and, yep. and you and susan are clearly a, a powerhouse team i love it so so keep going I'm sorry <laughs> to interject like that no that's that's awesome i i didn't know that background about that and that's that's really uh yeah that's fascinating and and in my goals changed and then, so once I took that step and I knew I could do it and I could go to a Packer game and we could tailgate and I, I didn't have to have, you know, all the drinks and I could still have a lot of fun because my goals now 
I'm seeing, I'm seeing success in motivation in my basement when I'm lifting and I'm seeing a couple muscles pop and I'm like, that, that is way more fun to me now than any kind of, you know, the, it, it, however many drinks I could have. So, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Cause it's like all it's so, and I'm going to interject again cause I'm an ass, but like it's, it's, I'm getting so pumped hearing everything you're saying. And it's so important people to realize this. So many people are, are so convinced that they're never going to be able to look the way they want to look or feel the way they want to feel. And so yeah. they use that. And I'm, and I know you said that you felt that way for so long. It's Absolutely. They use that, that feeling to then justify doing things that are going to push them further away from that goal. And yeah. And, and it's so ironic in that they, it's actually, it's not ironic. It's just, it all points back to self-efficacy. And this is something that I think every if you go to school to be a a personal trainer for exercise science or for nutrition, they don't teach about self-efficacy. It's not in curriculums. It's, it's relatively new within the research and it's, it's taught mostly within behavioral health psychology, behavioral health sciences. And it's so utterly important because you could have the best program, the best workouts, the best nutrition, you could have it at all laid out in front of you. But if you're not, confident in your ability to succeed then you will find every reason not to follow it and if you don't it doesn't matter how good the program is if you're not following it you're Mm. not going to get results yeah Uh, it's just and so it's it's so interesting and inspiring to hear everything that you've done because it just keeps pointing to the more action that you're taking the more the more success you're having the little successes that build and build and build and each one increases your confidence and motivation to keep going and that will build up the habits that lead to helping you look the way you want to look and take away the habits that are hurting it that goal and and taking away from it and literally you you've done this just chopped and chopped and chopped and chopped and taken action taken action taken action taken action until you've made a massive lifestyle shift and completely changed the way that like going from years of no exercise and or very little exercise and mm-hmm. not really not really i would say ideal or optimal nutrition for your goals and right. just completely switched it and it wasn't yeah. an overnight thing it no. wasn't a week or a month or even a year it was a long process mm-hmm. but i mean holy shit renee you've you've completely transformed your life and i'm so <laughs> beyond impressed thank you thank you so, so much keep going i'm, I'm yeah. sorry to keep in, in no that that's fine. Um, uh, let's see. So I, I would say like um, a month or so after I started with the bright lines and I became really motivated to just to just do exactly to just cut those calories. I was going to, you know, eat exactly only only really healthy foods, not drink as much, um, really get on board and and do everything I could possibly do to make it work. And I kind of and I I could tell that. I was going overboard. I was just slowly kind of going over to the other side where it was like, okay, now that I've had a taste of, you know, if I cut, if I can cut this many calories, then I can keep going. Then maybe I can cut. And I specifically remember um, sending Susan a bright line before a Packer game one morning and saying, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to have two drinks. uh, We're going to tailgate and I'm going to have, a handful of cheese curds because you can't go to a Packer game and not have cheese curds, right? Because what kind of cheese head would you be? That's so, exactly right. <laughs> so we got to the game and uh, we were tailgating with some, some people and they had, I don't know, friends or someone came from California and he was turning 60 that day. And it was his first Packer game ever. And so we're like, we're, we are handing you our, beloved bag of cheese curds this is your birthday gift from us so I didn't have the cheese curds and and I remember thinking I just cut like 300 calories right there that I just you know now I'm now I'm really doing good because now I didn't um, I didn't eat the cheese curds that's awesome you know so my my mental shift was kind of going to the other side of now I'm getting too restrictive and I and I knew it because that was in my past and that's what I would always do it's like I can do this. I can eat completely perfect and not, not mess up at all. And then, and then I'm going to really be on board and everything's going to be just right. And I'm going to achieve all my goals. (laughs) My life's going to be perfect. So I kind of went down that road and then I, 
I talked to Susan about it and she's like, yeah, no, we don't No, We're not going to do that. <laughs> you know, you have, you have to 80, 20 and, you know, consistency. And she would always bring up consistency. And I was like, well, I don't really, I don't really know what that means. I know, I know the definition of it, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't know what that looks like now, you know, cause now I'm like, I don't want to now maybe I shouldn't drink at all. Maybe I should just not cut out alcohol you know so it kind of went totally extreme and um then i went uh, the month of october was extremely busy i was in chicago like four times we went to nashville for a, for like five days and it's like i knew that if i didn't get a hold of it i knew if i kept going down that road i was going to end up binging and just stay you know totally um on the, I was going to go down the wrong road that I didn't want to go to. I listened to your podcast one day. I was walk, I was just doing stuff around the house. And um, you were talking to Eric from the IC. And you said, um, perfectionism is the enemy of, of good enough. Yeah. Most, most people don't get to good enough because they're trying to be perfect. And I just literally stopped in my tracks and I was like, what? What did he just say? <laughs> Stop, rewind. I, I probably listened to it eight or nine times and I was like, that's what I'm doing. That's I'm trying to be perfect. Why can't I just be good enough? I was doing good enough. I was doing really well at good enough. And now I'm trying to be perfect. So I emailed Susan. I'm like, hey, guess what? I just listened to one of Jordan's podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> this was before I was in i in the ic or anything you know and and so then i started listening she's like yeah that's right you can you know because i said i can have pizza that's okay <laughs> she's like yeah you can you can have pizza <laughs> so then i was like okay i need to i need to figure this out i don't want to i really want to figure out this consistency thing and i i don't want to go down this perfect road where i'm striving for that because i know I can't do that. Even though I had said to Susan, why would I go for consistent when I can do perfect? She was like, Oh <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, it doesn't work that way. So anyway, as I was saying that the month of October was crazy busy. So I set a challenge, a 30 day challenge for myself to um, have a treat every day. Cause I knew going to Nashville and then going to Chicago, um, our daughter plays volleyball down there and um, I was going to be down there a lot during the month of October. So that whole month, my, the scale stayed the same. I mean, within two to three pounds, I just didn't lose. I didn't do anything, but I knew I had to mentally get where I needed to be if I was going to conquer this once and for all, you know, just totally change. So I did that. I posted it on Instagram and take Susan every day. And I had a treat every single day. And because I, I think because I was so busy and I didn't really have, I was gone. I wasn't home preparing my perfect meals. <laughs> so we were um, staying overnight, um, eating out a little more, probably having a few more drinks. And I remember coming home from Nashville and putting my workout clothes on and being like, okay, I can get back in the basement and get back to my routine. And I looked in the mirror and I was like, you know what? I really haven't changed. I mean, I'm still seeing some muscle here in my shoulders and I'm, this is okay. You know, I can, I can eat, I can eat some foods that I like once in a while. I don't have to eat all of the whole cupboard full in one day, but I can have a little bit every day. It's, it's okay. It can fit into my routine. It can fit into my calories. So I've really enjoyed kind of going down that road and uh, worked on making sure that I, I eat stuff that I like, um, but, but I eat a lot healthier now too. And um, I cook differently and I enjoy cooking again and I'm making different things, you know, for my husband and I, and now basically it's just us at home with Joe, but um, that has totally changed and that I am, it is such a work in progress and I know it's not, I haven't conquered it and it's going to be a work in progress, but I am so loving the process now. And I have taken the focus off of the eating and I, I'm setting goals. I want to do 10 chin-ups by March 1st. I'm at four. I can do five, but the fifth one is really crappy. So I'm just That's totally fucking insanely <laughs> strong. I mean, <laughs> how many, how many, how many could you do? I don't know, three months ago. Well, actually, I never tried to chin up. And so when we were in 
we were in Chicago at a hotel and uh, my husband said, just try a chin up. I'm going to video you. And I did two of them, but I didn't really <laughs> know. I didn't know what I was doing. So I sent that to Susan and she's like, that is freaking amazing. Are you kidding me? You just did two chin ups. So then so I was like, that was really fun. Can I do more chin ups? Can you put that in my program? <laughs> so, <laughs> so I've been working on that. That's yeah. amazing. That's incredible. And, and I'm going to interject again. One thing mm-hmm. that you said, I'm going to just backtrack for a second. That's really, really important for people to hear. There's a couple things. Number one, you, you mentioned how you started to notice yourself trying to be too perfect and, and trying to be perfect was preventing you from being good enough. And you took it upon yourself to say, I need to eat something that I would consider a treat every day for 30 days. Yep. That is a very, 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 very high level of logical thinking that most people would have a huge internal battle with in terms of, and I'm, I'm not saying it wasn't, it was easy for you. I'm sure that you had your mm-hmm. own battles with it, yeah. but for you to do that and just decide and to make it happen is unbelievably uh, powerful. And I, I, really hope people listening listen to this part specifically because this is tremendous in that you're like well i have to eat a treat every day for 30 days it's the same thing as some people who are over exercising they they need to some people would do very well to literally make sure that they take a rest like like three or four full rest days every week for 30 days and they do nothing except the three or four days of strength training and that's it no extra cardio no extra workouts they just force themselves to take three or four full rest days every week because they're doing it too much excessively and Mm -hmm. the fear of gaining weight the fear of losing their progress is what's driving the exercise not the the love of the process not the actual science not the the logic or knowledge of what they need it's it's the fear the emotion of i need to do this or else and for you to do that to say like you essentially logically knew I need to do this to prevent myself from going too far the other way. And it's just, it's so, so powerful. And you could look at it from the other perspective from people for, there are some people who might not be exercising at all or might not be eating the way they should be period. Maybe they're just like, they're not, they haven't tracked their calories. They're, 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 they haven't been looking at portion sizes and they would do well to take 30 days and literally track every single thing they eat for 30 days because that's how they're going to kickstart getting on the right track. And it Mm -hmm. it works in both directions. So for you to do that, it was, it's, it's absolutely amazing. And to go off that something that you sort of mentioned nonchalantly that it's 30 days. When you say it, it sounds very quick, Oh, 30 days, but (laughs) every day, doing something that you're essentially trying to overcome the emotional like when you essentially are forcing yourself to have a treat every day that's not an easy thing to do if if no. if you're forcing yourself to take a rest day when you've spent so long not having rest days because you're fearful that a rest that taking a rest day will make you gain more fat or lose your progress or you spent so long um of like not keeping track of your portions because it's just, it, it stresses you out and like, it's scary and you don't want to fail again. And for, for you to do that every day for 30 days and overcome that consistently is huge. And then this is the part that was really like, just you mentioned it. And I was like, Oh my God, it's so huge. You were like, my weight stayed the same. I mean, within about two <laughs> to three pounds. Yep. And I, I'm sure that you've had this before, and I know a lot of people do. If they have a treat one day, and the next day the scale goes up two or three pounds, they flip. They're like, Freaking oh, out. Yeah. fuck. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. I've gained a ton of – I've gained two or three pounds of fat. I ruined my progress. I need to go back. I need to stop eating this stuff after one or maybe two days. But for you to stay consistent with having the treat and know that the scale will fluctuate and know that – having one treat doesn't all of a sudden make you gain two or three pounds of fat. And there are many reasons for the scale fluctuating for you to Mm -hmm. not, it's again, you just said 30 days, just like over the course of a quarter of a second, but 30 days is a long time when there's an emotional struggle and you really did a a tremendous job of staying logical the whole way through and seeing the scale weight go up, not letting that kick you off track saying, listen, I gave myself a 30 day challenge. I'm going to keep doing it. And lo and behold, the scale stayed around the same two to three pound range. 
And that is a huge success. Yeah. Thank you. And I think, you know, hearing, hearing you and Susan say over and over and, and I really, and I had not, I really don't think I knew this before was that, like you say, you you don't get skinny in one day. You don't get fat in one day. It's not going to change. The skill goes up if you, you know, if you uh, didn't go to the bathroom yet, if you had salty food, if you ate late the night before. And I was like, oh, okay, well, yeah, that makes sense. You know, but, and I had never weighed myself daily before either. It was always the once a week thing. So it's like, I didn't know, you know, I never thought about that. What, what was going on during the week with the scale? Was it going down a little bit? Maybe, maybe it was, I don't know. I never, I never thought about that. So, so all those things together, you know, weighing myself every day, seeing, okay, it went up a pound and a half, but oh yeah, that's right. I ate kind of late last night or, you know, whatever. Then I, okay. I had a glass of water. Yeah, right. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So I'd say, okay, well, tomorrow it'll probably be down, you know? So I would just, kept telling myself that you know it's like okay you know I trust Susan ultimately I trust you I you guys know so and more than I know so I'm just gonna just gonna trust this and I'm gonna keep doing it go through the process and it and it does and this the scale still fluctuates a lot but I I know now that you know if I ate late last night or had food that I typically don't eat or or whatever you know it's just gonna go up and down but now I know that I just look at the week or I just look at the months total so and the measurements that helps a lot too I take um track my measurements every every two weeks I send them to Susan and then once a month send her pictures so that's perfect that's that perfect helps a lot too and and do you know like have you tracked like how much weight you've lost and, and how many your measurements have gone down do you do you know those numbers so I've from from when I started with Susan, I actually gained two pounds, and then um, before I got my eating under control. So if I go by that highest weight, um, I was I started at one sixty eight, and I now weigh right around one forty eight. So my goal was one fifty, um, and I I think I had set I originally in my head had set one fifty five was my goal because I never I literally could never get below one sixty so I thought <laughs> if I can get to one fifty five I'd probably be pretty freaking happy, but then I thought oh what the hell I'm hiring a coach I might as well go for one fifty I'll go five pounds lower than <laughs> so and and now so you're one forty eight yeah now I'm one forty eight and, and you're uh, just crushing it <laughs> and I'm I'm loving it and I'm yeah I'm just totally loving it just taking those steps to you know, it's out of my comfort zone and totally loving it. And, and, and now I'm actually, since I, I hit my goal weight, uh, last week or two weeks ago, maybe it was, um, I'm going to start working on adding a few more calories back in. So very, very slowly. So I don't like go off the deep end mentally again or something. So, yeah, <laughs> but I'm sure. excited it's about smart. that. Cause then maybe I can, then I'm hoping I can build more muscle. So that'd be awesome. I mean, and, and, your your progress pictures are out of this world your <laughs> strength has has clearly increased drastically your mindset has shifted your your relationship with food and exercise has shifted i mean it's it's the complete and utter quintessence of a uh, of a transformation in every sense of the word and not like a short term fix not like a 30 day fix not like a right. like a, a this is this is like a this is that's one of the issues that i have with a lot of a lot of uh, the transformation pictures that we see online and on Instagram, it's very easy to put up a picture of a before and after and, and just say, Hey, look at how, how great they did in this short period of time, but follow up with them a year later, two years later, five years later, and the vast majority have gained it all back or, or more. And what's great about what you're doing is you've with Susan and, and with everything you've, developed a way to not only not only a sustainable method Mm -hmm. but a mindset that allows you to be comfortable being uncomfortable in a mindset and a logical response to try new things to i mean you're going to add calories back and and wicked slowly just to make sure i don't go off the deep end i mean Mm -hmm. let's say you added them back too quickly so what right You you know how to go you know exactly what to do Yep. You know exactly what you needed to get back on track, and you know that even if you add them back too quickly for too quickly for thirty days, then you see it in the scale, you see it in your measurements, you see it in your, mm-hmm. how your clothes fit, and then cool, we drop them back a little bit. 
Mm-hmm. Simple. Yeah. That's that's, it. What, that's what Susan said too. You know, you know how to do it now. So if, if it doesn't go well or you're not comfortable with it or you, you know, the skill starts creeping back up, then we go back, go back to what we were doing before. Susan yeah. and I have an inside joke. We always say we're always on the same page because literally uh, there's never been anything we haven't agreed on ever. <laughs> And it's she's an incredible coach she's, she's yeah. unbelievable uh she is I mean, amazing she, yeah she's she's extraordinary so yeah. uh, renee i am i'm so 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 happy and excited and and grateful that you were able to come on and and share the story is there any any last either words of encouragement you give others or questions you have for me or anything else you'd like you'd like to end with um you know i i do have a question i would like to know how i can um work a little bit more on I, I my self-confidence has soared with my with lifting and I mean I feel like there's nothing I can't do but for some reason um, I'm I still worry about what people think about what people think of me um, and it's mostly it's probably mostly family members um, and I think like for example I'm I'm gonna go to the retreat next summer I oh, have yeah, you are. Yeah. You're supposed to retreat July 2019. I love it. Okay. <laughs> um, but I have not told anyone in my family that. I mean, I, honestly, my family doesn't even know that I have a, a coach. Okay. And so, why not? Um, because they would say, why are you doing that? What is this about? What are you trying? What are you trying to prove? Um, why, why did you, why do you feel you have to do that? And you're you're fine the way you're fine the way you were or why why do you feel you need to do that why are you wasting all that money on that um just just a lot of I don't know and I I don't know why I and the thing is um I've told some close friends that you know because my husband is 110 percent supportive and people will come over and they'll be like you gotta see our basement oh my gosh Renee's been lifting come on down here and I'll be like ah don't do that (laughs) don't don't bring people to our basement to show them that you know it's almost I don't know it's really weird and then they'll be like Renee that's so cool holy cow you can let me see you do a chin up show me you know so it's it's really cool but yet I'm really um self-conscious about I don't know I don't know why I'm I think they'll they'll think it's really strange or weird um like my daughter my my kids know well actually three of my kids know but um my daughter said mom go to the retreat, have a blast. It's like people who scrapbook, you know, they go to scrapbooking retreats and they scrapbook it there. And that's fun. And you're learning how to, you know, different lifts and how to do lifts correctly. So why, how is that any different? That's what you love. That's what you're enjoying. So why is it a big deal? I don't know. (laughs) Well, let let me, who, who has been saying, why are you doing this? Why are you wasting money on this? Like who, who said that? Well, actually no one but i think if my i think if my my parents or my sisters knew that that they would say that definitely well hold on so no one said it yet (laughs) literally no one has said it but you think they would definitely say it if you told them meanwhile everybody else who knows is unbelievably supportive and encouraging yeah, when you put it like that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let me ask you this. Do you have any, and be honest, like super honest, like I want unbelievable 100%. Is there any part of you that feels insecure or or uh, about having a coach or about being in the inner circle or about folk? Is there, is there any part of you that feels insecure about it? Well, maybe part of me... Um... Well, maybe part of me feels like, you know, I couldn't do this on my own. So I had to hire someone to help me out with it. Okay. So maybe that's part of a failure or something. I, I would say that is, uh, if that's maybe part of it, then it's definitely part of it. And what's going on is your insecurity about that is leading to you projecting other people's responses to it before they even had the opportunity to respond right like your insecurity about feeling like a failure which we'll address in a moment is projecting other people's thoughts and responses onto you in in the same way that for example a lot of people they go to the gym and they're like oh my god people they're they're all staring at me 
I, I can't go to the gym. They're all staring at me. They all, they all think I'm, I'm, I don't know what I'm doing and I, 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 I'm, I shouldn't be there. And they're all looking at me and no one is fucking looking at them and no one gives a shit that they're there because everybody yeah. is thinking the same thing that everyone else is looking at them. Meanwhile, either they're like maybe smiling just to say, Hey, I recognize you. How are you? Or they're just like <laughs> looking into fucking space, not actually looking at you. And, and like, that's it. And what's going on is their own insecurity is projecting onto the other people what they must be thinking about them. It's like if you have a – I don't know. If um, if you have a, a blemish on your face or a pimple or something and all of a sudden like you're talking with people, you're like, oh, my god. They must be looking at it. They must be looking at it. Oh, my god. They're looking at it. And like then you say, oh, my god. And, and you bring it up to them. They're like, what? I don't even see it. Like it's <laughs> – your own insecurities often project onto others, which I'm very, very adamant in, in making sure people know that it's actually very unfair of you to put that. And keep in mind, your family might actually say that, and in which case we can address it separately. But it's unfair of you to not give them the opportunity to actually have a reaction than to just project that on them. Because what will happen is You'll end up resenting them for not knowing this part of your life when you haven't even given them an opportunity to be a part of this this part of your life. Hmm. Does that does that make sense? Yeah. And and worse. So here's here's the deal. Like, what you can do, like, you can if you want to tell them, you don't have to, but if you want to and have them be a part of it and give them the opportunity, you can say, hey, listen, I'm going to tell you something right now. Uh, I'm self-conscious and insecure about telling you because I'm worried that you're going to say things like this and this and this. And if that is what you're planning on saying after you hear it, all I'm going to ask you is to say, don't say anything at all. What I would love is your support. And I understand that a lot of this is coming from my own insecurity, but I'm going to tell you that I have a coach and I've gotten really into exercise and fitness and the coach is helping me do things that I haven't, that I haven't been able to accomplish before. And I feel better than I have in my entire life. And I'm super happy. And I wanted to tell you, and I would put a, I would bet a lot on them being like, Oh, it's fucking amazing. But <laughs> if they don't support it in whatever way, then you can like, you can say, all right, listen, I told you how I felt. I told you I was insecure about this. And like your, your response is really disappointing. But the truth is I don't give a fuck because I feel amazing and you can go do whatever you're going to do. And that's it. And unfortunately, yeah. like sometimes there are people in life that will not support and not yeah. encourage. And, and I call them depleters. They will deplete us of energy by sucking the, the negative, uh, the sucking the positive energy out and sort of putting a lot of negative energy in. But what I found more often than not is the more, open and over and the more you over communicate exactly how you feel and the things you might be worried about and insecure about and how you'd like them to respond the more likely they are to respond the way that you would like them to respond uh hmm. and just by giving them that opportunity and again like i mean i i have friends and family members who uh i mean i it's so it, i'll tell you a story my family from I, I started my online i started doing online fitness stuff in 2011 I started my, I got my first personal training job when I was 2000, in 2000, when I was 14, I, was, I don't even know the year <laughs> that was, but when I was 14 years old, when I got my first personal training job, I started doing my online fitness stuff in 2011 and I would tell family members, uh, my uncle, my mom, like what I was doing and, and they love me so much, but for years and years and years until very recently, I mean, even now some of them, but until very recently, most of them would be like, I mean, when are you going to go back to school to be a lawyer? When are you going to go to school to be a doctor? You know, like it's never too late. Da, da, da. And I, I was like, you really don't understand what's going on here. This is what I love to do. And yeah. fortunately, I, I'm enjoying it and it's it's going really well. And I have no interest in being a doctor or a lawyer at this point in my life. And I would appreciate your support. And they would give it to me. I could tell that it wasn't always fully there just because they couldn't really understand it. But basically – I would try my best to look at it from their perspective and know that they were doing it from a place of good, not a place of, of hate or anger. It was more like that's where their mindset was. And so from there, I could take it or leave it and allow as much of that energy into my life as I wanted. And you, you have that ability. You have the ability to let that energy in or not. And that's, it's fully up to you. But the more 
openly you communicate and tell them exactly what you're insecure about, what you're worried about, what you're doing, why you enjoy it, how it's enhanced your life, and how you would like them to respond, then you're setting yourself up for much better success rather than just saying, well, I think they're going to respond this way. Yeah, that makes sense. Does that make, that make yeah. sense? And, yeah, and that makes worst comes to worst, they don't support you and you can say, fuck off. Like, that's it. Because like, <laughs> in the end, like the, one of my favorite sayings is, is what's the worst that happens? The worst that happens is they don't support you and you still do it. You still have Susan as a coach. You're still in the inner circle. You still go to the inner retreat, the inner circle retreat. You still have a, a ton of fun. You still do 10 chin ups. You still like look, <laughs> uh, love how you look. And you're, when you're 60, you're going to be like, you're going to like be taking bikini pics. Like, look how fucking amazing. I am. Like you're, and you're going to be able to enjoy yourself. And then eventually they're going to be like, Hey, could you show me how to do that? And they're going to ask for help and you're going to be like a little bit angry that they didn't support you. But you know what? To, you're going to even be the bigger person. You'll be like, damn straight. I'll show you how to do it. And I'm going to be <laughs> your biggest supporter along the way because no, awesome. and this is one of my favorite lines from Gary Vee is no one ever regretted being the bigger person. It's like, that's it. It's worrying about what people are thinking about you or what they might be thinking about you is a waste of fucking time. Like if they support yeah. you, amazing. If they don't support you, amazing. Either way, you're doing what you love and that's what matters. That's that's awesome. Yeah, that's true. Does that help a little bit? That totally helps a lot. Yeah. And the good yep. news is this is recorded, so you can listen to that over and over and over again. <laughs> and I will but, probably have to. But, but like, <laughs> no, I'm sorry, I just went on that like huge long rant. But I'm super passionate about. I mean, Renee, you you are doing so many amazing things. There's there's so much stuff that's amazing happening to you and for you because of you. I mean to to be worried about what other people think. It's like Jesus, like, holy shit. Like I. I am speechless at how little what other people think matters. It, it means nothing. It means absolutely nothing because in the end you're still going to keep doing it because you fucking love it and yeah. you're seeing great progress. I mean, I have a coach. Susan has, a, I'm Susan's coach. Yeah. I have yeah. my own coach, right? It's like having a coach this, and this is a whole separate thing. My mom and I did a podcast like a week or two, a week ago or so. And we're going to do another one because a lot of people are asking to learn more about because I was in special education as a kid. I was a sped. And um, it's I remember I remember like crying when I like had like my one time because I kept being taken out of class and I kept uh, having to go to a separate classroom to, to take exams. And I would get extra time and I, I was allowed to have a note card and and all my like all my friends were like, where are you going? Like, how come they taking out of the room? And I felt like <laughs> such a loser and so stupid. And, and I, remember I had tutors my whole life and I was like, what? And I remember being really young, must've been like third or fourth grade. And I was in my living room, just like sobbing. And I, and I was like, why do I have to have all this stuff? Like, I just want to be like normal and smart. And one of the things my mom said to me, she, and it's always stuck with me. She was like, getting extra help isn't a weakness. It doesn't make you stupid. It's, it's such a strength to have the, the self-awareness and the confidence to ask for help when others might not, that's the ultimate strength because thinking you can do everything on your own, that's you're setting yourself up for failure. Asking True. for help is one of the best things you can do. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that I, I've probably looked at, you know, like getting help in schoolwork. Well, that's more important than getting help, getting your fitness on track, you know, yeah, but it's really right. Yeah, <laughs> schoolwork versus long-term life and health, and like, are you kidding me? Like, absolutely not. You're helping yourself live longer and healthier to to help your children and your family and yourself. Like, I mean, yeah, plenty of people don't go to school. It's totally important. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, and not to say school is not important for some people in in many ways, but I mean, given the choice between school and and health. I would say yeah. that you you have far more opportunities when your health is positive versus when you might be a straight A student, but your health is shit and then you have serious yeah, problems. Yeah, exactly. You know? Very true. Renee, Very thank true. you. This was, this was amazing. I, I'm so grateful for you and I appreciate oh. you and, and I hope this was helpful and I, I cannot wait to hear the response because I, I think this is going to uh, inspire a lot of people. Well, Jordan, thank you so much for, for asking me to be on. And I just, I love to, I read everything I can. I, that's why I joined the IC. I 
Susan said, if you want to follow someone, follow Jordan. So I was asking her, like, who can I follow? So if like, if I know besides, besides Susan doing my technique right on lifts, she's like, nope, just follow Jordan. So um, I just really appreciate all the work and everything that you put into, into everything online and, and talking to people personally. And I just love it. I just look up to you guys and it's amazing. It's totally changed my life. Totally. Well, thank you. And uh, Susan has changed my life. She, without her, a lot of a lot of what I do wouldn't be possible. The inner circle wouldn't be able to function as it does. Their inner circle mm-hmm. retreat would not be happening. Uh, you know, see, Susan uh, is is a blessing, and she's an angel in my life. And she's clearly <laughs> you and her are a powerhouse of a team. And so, uh, Renee, thank you so much. Have an amazing week. Please Thanks. keep in touch. Keep posting in the inner circle. You're you're doing amazing things for yourself and everybody in there. So thank you. I love you. We'll <laughs> talk to you soon. Okay. Awesome. All right. I love you too. Thanks, Jordan. Bye bye. Have a good week. Bye. You too. And that wraps it up for this episode of the Jordan Syatt Mini Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please, I would really appreciate it if you left a review wherever you're listening, whether it's iTunes, SoundCloud, whatever. They actually, they very do, they very do, they very much do help. And I would appreciate it if and only if you enjoy the podcast. So thank you. Have a wonderful day. I'll talk to you soon.